Yo, it's D. This is just the headers. Well, it's about to be just the headers. Uh, these are supposed to come out on Friday mornings. As you can see, it is Tuesday. So the thing is, I was traveling last week quite a bit and didn't have a whole lot of time to edit and do the things that needed to be done. My bad. So that's why you got this late. You're still going to get another episode of Just the Headers at the end of the week. But this is from last week, so this is some news. None of it was, like, too time-sensitive. They were just the headlines that we picked out last week. So please enjoy, and sorry for the delay. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody. Um, <laughs> what are you, why are you waving around that that door holder? Sorry, it, there's, there's a menu on the back. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You can order room yeah, service. Yeah, you just like, put it on there, and then you hang it on the door. I'm in a hotel, everyone, if you're being that nosy. But let's talk about <laughs> uh, Amazon and Microsoft. They moved to blockchain, centralized companies into decentralized ecosystems. So what I think is the coolest thing about this article is they made Jeff Bezos look like Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Is that who he is? Yeah, and they made Bill Gates oh, look God. like somebody who is definitely not Bill Gates. Why is that guy so young? Bill Gates is old as hell now. <laughs> like, that guy does not look old. That guy looks like Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Anyways, <laughs> you can see the article if you want. But... I don't know. What about this is significant? I mean, this is to me is really boring. Um, yeah. But no, I take that back. It's not that boring. It's it's actually kind of neat that um, there exists a system that is dumb enough to where big businesses can build on top of it as well as small, agile startups, as well as even bigger consortiums. Like, it's unique that we're building this thing with cryptocurrency that is so general um, in, its, in its position, like, on, I guess on the stack, they call it the tech stack. It's so general that anybody can build on it. So that, that just adds value to the entire ecosystem. I'm not surprised why 50,000 people read this article because they were like, oh, Microsoft and Amazon building on decentralized ecosystems let's check it let's check it out so let's you want to read some things from the article yeah for sure right so so i'm reading through it and uh so it talks about microsoft's entry into the space and it's referencing the fact that uh michael or not michael microsoft is also looking <laughs> to build platforms on which businesses can grow their blockchain applications Applications upon, such <laughs> as the confidential consortium. I'm gonna have a stroke. <laughs> that's that's how you know a stroke is coming. Okay, um, <laughs> confidential. 
if I if I go down, do you gotta call nine one one? I will call right. the Atlanta nine one one center because I'll know that you had a stroke. Application. <laughs> All right. So uh, so apparently Microsoft has a framework called Coco. Um, it's called the Confidential Consortium Framework. Um, and it's an Ethereum-based protocol which falls under Microsoft. Is that Azure? Um, you know, that's, that's basically Microsoft's um, cloud computing arm. Um, apparently, they're trying to integrate decentralized IDs um, into their uh, authenticator app. That'll be interesting. I wonder if that's like the two-factor th- two authentication. That, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, so it's, it's talking about how um, the Azure branch of Microsoft released its own blockchain app creation service called Azure Blockchain Workbench on May 7th. Um, it says Workbench aims to allow businesses looking to create bespoke blockchain apps to speed up the development process by automating infrastructure setup. So that's Microsoft's um, digging, uh, Microsoft's cloud computing branch is you're digging into um, the blockchain ecosystem and trying to make it um, available for business businesses mm-hmm. to start integrating. Um, then Amazon, um, Amazon has their AWS, right? So mm-hmm. um, saying um, Amazon Web Services for you guys out mm-hmm. there. Yep. Um, so that's what um, I guess I was learning to use that before with like Docker's. I guess that's how they deliver scalable applications. Um, that's just some some additional interesting um, information for you guys in case you're curious about that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Amazon's own efforts. So it says both Microsoft and Amazon have similar origins with their founders, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos being driven men with revolutionary ideas. Therefore, it is unsurprising to see these two companies pushing to be on the forefront of a new technological wave. Uh, Gates may be spouting some pretty negative things about Bitcoin, and Bezos may be under siege to accept the digital currency on Amazon, but despite what the two founders think of the cryptocurrency space, it is becoming clear that the future is conquering the companies. Amazon revolutionized the e-commerce space and is looking to at least be near to top of the pecking order when blockchain technology truly takes a hold. Just like in banking, there is a rush to get blockchain figured out and usable before the rest of the competition gets to market. Amazon is already in a battle with IBM and Oracle on its uh, with its own blockchain as a service offering. Uh, the blockchain framework for Ethereum and Hyperledger Fabric, which is allowing users to build and manage their own blockchain-powered decentralized applications, is being developed in different forms by all three. Um, essentially, users would be able to create their own blockchain applications via the Amazon Web Services AWS Cloud for- Formation Templates tool to avoid time-consuming manual setups of their blockchain network. So it's so it's the same thing. It's in the same vein as Azure, what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's trying to make it basically um, point-click profit, I guess, or have a deliverable solution where you just click a button, like um, like how easy it is to set up a website with like you know uh, WordPress. So mm-hmm. they're just making everything easy. This article is digging into some other entrenched uh, companies as well as Oracle. The world's second largest software company also recently unveiled blockchain products and will be releasing them over the next two months. 
Again, it was a similar cloud service built on the open source Hyperledger, Hyperledger Fabric project like Microsoft, equally similar to IBM's blockchain service announced a year ago. Oh, you know what I want to do? I want to try one of those newscaster voices. You know how they're like, okay, go for it. There we go, there you go. Major companies are also jumping on the blockchain bandwagon in different easy shapes and forms. Huawei is loading its phones with a built-in Bitcoin wallet. Let's check in with Stacy and check out on Samsung. Samsung revealed that it will use blockchain. For, I'm pretty good at it. Blockchain for managing its global supply chain. Spanish banking group BBVA became the first global bank to issue a loan on a blockchain, and use cases continue to grow around the world. Here's I'm gonna tap the I'm gonna tap the paper now. <laughs> God. That was dope. Oh, here's a quote. Here's a quote. And then we can move on to, to, to Monday. Okay. This is a quote by the AWS Vice President, Jeff Barr. Some of the people that I talk to see blockchains as the foundation of a new monetary system and a way to facilitate international payments. Others see blockchains as a distributed ledger and immutable data source that can be applied to logistics, supply chain, land registration, crowdfunding, and other use cases. Either way, it's clear that there are a lot of intriguing possibilities, and we're working to help our customers use this technology more effectively. That was the quote. <laughs> He's on like a bro version of Trump, like a really young Trump. <laughs> that was my aim. You, you hit the nail on the head, my friend. You're good. You got a good ear. He got progressively younger, and then he lost his accent because he went to California. <laughs> I can go straight Trump. No I'm kidding. Okay, try try and read Monday. Answer. Read Monday's news in I'm Trump's read voice. Monday's news in Trump's voice. This is gonna be terrible. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not that sorry though. I'm gonna do one headline because nobody wants to hear this voice for very long. Why? I, why can't I? Oh, there we go. And moving on to Monday, May. Oh wait. Moving on to Monday, May 14th, <laughs> the first article that we're going to read is the best article of the week, ladies and gentlemen. The week. This I can tell you. The news, May 17th, written by Kevin Helms, excellent journalist, way better than the hacks at CNN, 3,000 views. Okay, I'm done. I can't keep that up. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep that up. I'm sorry. Sorry, audience. Hey, I don't All right. So, Korean regulators wide investigation of cryptocurrency exchanges. Uh, South Korea's government... No, I'm kidding. South Korea's government is widening its probe on cryptocurrency exchanges, particularly the use of corporate accounts, which regulars say could lead to money laundering. This announcement follows the prosecutors launching an investigation on the country's largest crypto exchange... Upbit. So Upbit is um, South Korea's largest cryptocurrency exchange. They're basically the uh, the circle of South Korea, or the who's the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the states? Is it GDAX? Coinbase. Nah. Coinbase. Is it not Bittrex? GDAX is an arm. Is an arm off of uh, Coinbase. Yeah, I know, but is it not Bittrex? I don't think or so. Poloniex. I don't think so. Let me, let me look. Largest U.S. crypto exchange. Let's figure. Can we just out. go to like 
coin market cap, right? Because yeah. they show the volume there. I think coin market cap would have that. So if you're uh, looking for like Bitcoin, the markets show that. Um, OKEX OKEX is not in the U.S. Bitfinex mm-mm. is right. Mm-mm. Bitfinex is out of um. Isn't isn't that the U.S.? Bitfinex is uh, Washington, right? I thought they were in Europe. Is it really? Hold on. No, that's Bitstamp that's in Europe. Oh, no, Bitfinex must be Hong Kong. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's Hong Kong. Headquartered in Hong Kong. Okay. I guess it's not that one. Anyways. Um, There's a lot of Asian markets. Poloniex is pretty big. Binance. Binance is in it's, China, right? Yeah, yeah, Binance is okay. China. So basically, the quote goes like this. Following a request by the Financial Supervisory Service, FSS, and the prosecution to address growing anti-money laundering compliance concerns and possible abuse of cryptocurrencies and money laundering and fraud, the FSC is looking into exchanges, corporate accounts, opened in local banks. So, I mean, it's nothing new. I think I think globally, there's like a soft crackdown where they're trying to shoehorn all the exchanges to uh, Gibraltar or Malta, just like or Switzerland, just like they shoehorned all the like overseas bank accounts to certain places in the world, it's so you can keep tabs on things. I mean, that's nothing new. That's why decentralized exchanges are going to kick everyone's asses if they get up and going and the volume is there. The centralized exchanges kind of usurp things like that. So, um, yeah, basically, if you're running a crypto exchange in Korea or Japan or China, um, they're watching every single move you make, which, I mean, is like, I don't know. If you were handling that much money broke, I'm not going to lie to you, I would want somebody watching you. Handling... Millions like, of dollars? Yeah, if you're, if you're doing millions of dollars of volume a day, I would definitely want to be watching you a little bit. Uh, Why? Because it's like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And I feel like moving that much money in a day involves somebody being watched. Like, people that drive armored trucks, they're watched, and they're not even moving that much money in a day. People are watching They're them. watched? Maybe not physically watched, but like I'm sure there's a track record of every move they make. Let me tell you, my price every breath they take, is, someone's watching. My them. my price is like 500 million. So unless I'm moving 500 million, then I'm probably trustworthy up until that point. That is a very high bar, my friend. <laughs> a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> All right, next article. The next article for Monday is loading. FedEx CEO. <laughs> I'll read it for you. So FedEx CEO adopt new tech like blockchain or be disrupted. So yeah, you can yeah. tell that he is a bag holder. Mm-hmm. You can see. <laughs> <laughs> everyone who's everyone who's pro crypto is holding a bag. Everyone except for maybe Colin on hashing it out and Evan Vaness. Those are like the only two and, and no wait, there's the one more. There's Riesland Mark. Those are the only three people in crypto 
who are pro crypto who aren't holding bags, most likely. So. <laughs> Uh yeah, Don Tapscott's up there, and then there's Angry Hagar. He's up there too. Uh, Angry retired Hagar is on the stage, and FedEx CEO is basically like, "Look, man, this shit is as real as it gets. You better start hacking on the blockchain, or you better be ready to go the way of Blockbuster Biatch." That's what he said verbatim. <laughs> he also said this verbatim for cross-border shipments. Trust with one quotation. Is legal requirement for every transact every transaction. What blockchain has is a potential for the first time ever to make the information available for everybody. Yeah. It says uh there's another quote here. FedEx's CIO, um, Robert Carter said this. Uh we move easily. 12 million shipments a day, and that more than doubles during the peak season. Mm-hmm. While we absolutely believe this technology is going to scale, right now it makes sense for us to do this in our freight world. So it looks like they're going to do blockchain to keep track of um, shipments due to logistics. Mm. So it's like blockchain that token. Um, everything. I want a blockchain to track the M&Ms that I eat, like which part of the machine the M&M came out of and was, and what, what I want to, I want a blockchain to track what level the candy was at when it was melted in the candy coating vat. So I know that I want to know that that's what blockchains are for everyone. All things. Next article. Logistics of M&M's. <laughs> yeah, I want a little logistics of M&M's. Stat. I want to know when they do changeovers at the Tootsie Roll factory from like vanilla flavor to orange flavor. So you can get, maybe there's exists a time where you can get like a vanilla orange Tootsie Roll. Because you know it's a changeover. They, they have vanilla Tootsie Rolls? Oh my goodness. And, and, you haven't lived And orange ones? They have vanilla, they have <laughs> orange, they have strawberry. They have lemon. Lemon is bomb. Lime? Ah. What does it lemon. taste like? Like Laffy Taffy? It tastes like a Tizzy Roll, but like fruity, fruity. So you it's got like that uh, caramel, I guess. I don't know. How would you describe the taste of a Tizzy Roll? Um, shit. But then when you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks like it too, right? Um. It, I don't know how to describe the taste of a tootsie roll. It's like chocolatey candy. It's like I imagine it was made during the Great Depression because like they couldn't put a lot of chocolate in the candy, but they could put a little bit. I'm willing to bet tootsie rolls were established. Yes, tootsie rolls were established during the Great Depression. I'm willing to bet that right now. We're gonna go into this last article. And then we're going to find okay. this out. Bitco launches institutional-grade custodial services suite. This one's by Jamie Redman. Uh, Redman. Uh, 2,644 looks. Not 50,000 like the Microsoft ship, but he did get some looks. So let, let's just see this trend. We've got Coinbase releasing custodial tools. Custodial tools. Bitco is releasing custodial tools. Circle releasing custodial tools. It seems to me like everyone and their mom is releasing custodial tools 
for enterprise and institutions because they're, they uh, don't want to be responsible for their losses. They want somebody else to be responsible for the losses. But let's read. That's not the purpose. <laughs> the Palo Alto-based firm BitGo is now offering institutional investors custodial services due to partnership with Kingdom Trust. The news follows the recent announcement from the Wall Street giant Goldman Sachs launching a cryptocurrency product and companies like Coinbase offering services to institutional clientele. The latest institutional-grade suite offered by BitGo and Kingdom Trust provides custody services like treasury controls, advanced security solutions, and 24-7 monitoring. That is correct. There will be a person watching your crypto all day, every day, making sure it's living its best life. Quotes. To spend funds from an offline wallet securely, you can sign transactions with your private keys offline using BitGo Offline Vault. This means your private keys are never online or linked to a computer connected to the internet. The future is now. We're just now using this as a service. I feel like this is just standard issue cold wallet that it could have been selling people for years. Yeah, I don't know. They have better marketing than uh, Trezor them. Yeah. And Ledger. Mm-hmm. You think this is a big deal? What do you think about this? I think this is good for mainstream adoption so that um, people who use Coinbase, like Coinbase can use like one of these third-party services to make sure that um, the Bitcoin is secure, I guess. But I don't know. It seems like they already have their own in-house solution, so I don't know why they would test that out to one of these companies, but... Who knows? Maybe when uh, Coinbase turns into Mount Gox and says, hey, we lost everybody's Bitcoin. Um, maybe one of these companies will take that place and the cycle will repeat. I think they'll get bailed out before that happens. No, I'm kidding. Oh, really? They're too small. They're too small to succeed. No, I'm kidding. It was a play on too big to fail. <laughs> I want no seriously though seriously like like if Coinbase fails do you think the U.S. government will bail them out? Hell no. Not even no? for a second. They'll just say like ah told you that Bitcoin shit was whack. Y'all need to get on this dollar right now. Start snorting this dollar. Speaking of uh, getting on the dollar, one of the later articles that we'll get to talks about another version of basically USDT, except I think it's coming out of a company in the U.S. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. We we need to be doing is talking about when those Tootsie Rolls were established. 18. Damn. 96. I was close. By a was... founder of the name Leo Hirschfield. I was close. I was like 30 years off. 30 years off. Came out of Chicago, apparently. I mean, when you're guessing that far back, 30 years yeah. off isn't too bad. <laughs> When you've been alive for that many years, then that that amount of a guess range isn't too bad. That should be the guess. How much? Guess how much money that they bring in? Tootsie Roll. Yeah. Twenty-five million dollars a year. Five hundred twenty-eight point four million in twenty eleven. Half a billion. Seriously. Seriously, that their operating income, candy? 
their operating income is forty-four million, and they only have two thousand two hundred employees. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't understand that, man. Like, who's eating that nasty ass candy? It's got to be Halloween. Halloween's got to be doing it for them. It's Halloween filler, Easter filler, this is Christmas hard. Stocking also, filler. Excuse my language. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> This that doesn't make any sense. Let's go to the next article. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry I said that. I'm not supposed to be saying that. Oh no, it's your turn. Tuesday, man. How are, How are you, buddy? All right. All right, let's see if I can do this. All right, BitPay enables Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> Why did you psych yourself Bitcoin up? Core. Like you've never read an article before. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just wanted, gotta breathe. Wanted to change it up. Gotta wanted breathe. Wanted to change it up. All right. This, it's difficult reading the headlines, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> first article for Tuesday comes out of Bitcoin.com. The title of the article is called Bitcoin, just kidding, BitPay enables Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Core for tax payments. And this uh, article is written by C. Edward Kelso, and it has 5,904 views. That's our boy Yeah, Edward Kelso. C. Edward is making it rain articles every week. Do you think think that's a real person? No. No, I'm kidding. Or is that like a – You read the article. I'm going to go see if C. Edward Kelso is real. That's a hell of a name. (laughs) All right. So let's dig into the article while uh, he does that. So popular crypto payment processor BitPay announced formal agreement with Florida's Seminole County tax collector, Joel M. Greenberg. They bribed him, most likely. Bitcoin Core and Bitcoin Cash can now both be used for tax payments beginning this summer. County residents can pay in crypto for their driver's license, ID cards, and even property taxes. Interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it's only that one county though. It says BitPay allows enthusiasts in Seminole County, Florida, to pay taxes in crypto. Do you know there where you Seminole go. County is? Um, I think isn't that where the Florida State Seminoles play? Is that like south, like right south of the middle of Florida? I'm not really good with my geography. It could be in the middle of the south of Florida. Okay. I um, have no idea. I was just going the opposite of what you said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to Google it now. While you go to the second article, I'm going to Google no Seminole, Florida. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So the second, <laughs> second article talks about... It's from Coinbase. Or no, Cointelegraph. Um, the title is... Coinbase targets $10 billion institutional investor market with a new suite of products. This is like the same article. Do we even need to read this one? All right, guys. We'll sum this up for you. What is this about? A lot of people are providing custodial options for institutional investors to make them feel comfortable with crypto, which is needed. It is. In fact, true story, I was in Miami hanging out with some peeps. They had to go to a guy's house. He had astronomical amounts of crypto and show him how to just put it onto a hardware wallet. He was so scared. He was scared to click the button. 
He's scared to click the button to get the money to go onto his hardware wallet. To send how how much money do you have to have for you to be scared? Uh, for him, it was like hundreds of BTC. Oh, okay. So, a lot of money. Coinbase. Seminole is At- east, central east Florida, by the way. The Gulf side. Huh. All right, next article. Okay. So it's like, I wonder if that's like near Destin. All right, so let's see. So Coinbase currently has over 12. Oh, you want to go to the next article? Yeah, I'm over Coinbase. We know what they're doing. They're doing good stuff for a lot of people. We don't need to know. Oh, okay. All right. All right, so let's go to the next article on Tuesday. And it's from tele- uh, Cointelegraph as well. And the title of the article is Smart eCard Stores 30 Crypto Accounts, Credit, and Debit Cards in One Place. That's pretty cool if what they give you is like in the picture. It's like um, there's like a little screen uh, built into what looks like a credit card with some buttons built into the credit card. And you have the um, the chip that's in most credit cards on the left side. That's pretty cool. If they have like some combination like Trezor credit card that's mm-hmm. thin enough to be used like a credit card. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Uh, I wish that were real. At least it would be kind of an on-ramp for people. Because people get people's eyes don't light up until I show them. If I'm ever talking to anyone who's unfamiliar with crypto, their eyes really don't light up until I show them a shift card. And I'm like, look, I can buy stuff with Bitcoin with this little Visa card here. And they're like, oh, what? But I use a Visa card. And I'm like, yeah. I know, crazy, right? (laughs) This is so cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So almost you you almost need to take a couple steps back and offer crypto in a form that's familiar in order to get people comfortable with the concept of it being currency or money. You know, I think it's okay to take a couple steps back. But when I got sick, I went to um, was it like a Walgreens or a Rite Aid? One of those. um, They're on the corner of happy and healthy pharmacies <laughs> and uh did you just make that up no, you no, can be the no, marketing that's... team for that <laughs> all right so basically when i was waiting uh to go to like one of those like emergency little tiny doctor places um because i got really sick i had like a fever or something anyway uh on one of the racks there's like some some credit cards looking like reloadable credit cards that you could get I guess like throwaway credit cards. I didn't know about that um, until I looked at that sort of stuff. And it's got like really high um, monthly payments for maintenance payments. Um, but like you could be like anonymous and just like load up one of those maybe with crypto and then just kind of use that. But that'd be interesting. So I wonder if anybody, what is Fuse? Like what you were saying? Fuse? Shift. Oh, Shift. Yeah, Shift's been around for a while. Shift uh, is Coinbase's thing, so if you go to like shift.com, I think uh, you just link your Coinbase account, and then you get a Shift card for one time $10 fee, and boom, you can spend your Bitcoin. Does that still exist or no? Yeah, it still exists. Oh, okay. What happened to 10X? They were doing something similar, right? With the debit card? Was it a debit card, or was it a credit card as well? I think it was just a debit card. Oh, okay. Oh. 
I thought that was pretty cool. The black card that they were offering. But mm-hmm. I think they I think I think they have like a bad reputation now. So Yeah. They're doing some shady stuff. I'm all for it. Put it on debit card, do what you gotta do. Get it to the people. Get it to the masses. Wednesday. And then we have to take a short intermission. After this first article, we'll take a short intermission. We'll get back to you with Wednesday and Thursday's news. Japan's GMO gets ready to start selling seven nanometer Bitcoin mining chips. I hope and it means nanometer. I'm pretty sure yeah. it does. Mm-hmm. Which is small. A nano is what? Negative nine? Ten to the negative nine? Or ten to the negative yeah. twelve? It's, it's negative nine. Ten to the negative nine meters. That's tiny. That is tiny. They're mining, y'all. Oh, so let's get this right. GMO, Japanese conglomerate GMO, Internet Group, published its first quarter results for the fiscal year of 2018 last week. During the earnings result results presentation, the company outlined its plans for sale of its long-awaited 7 nanometer Bitcoin mining chips. GMO is building two versions of the chip, dubbed the V1 and V2, because they are as original as... I don't even think you can be more original than naming both versions version 1 and version 2. Uh, the later is for mass production of the 7 nanometer mining chips, uh, which the company plans to use in-house for its own mining operations, sell to the public, and use in cloud mining. So they're going to mine them to death and then sell them to you guys, and then by the time that you buy them, they will have new miners, and they will still be the king of the castle. That's pretty much how that works. So... Did I just say something I wasn't supposed to? You got really quiet. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty interesting. Sales of seven nanometer chip, chips. I thought they couldn't go that small. You were wrong, my friend. Seven nanometers. That's like... I can't see That's that. really small. That's microscopic. I thought that they were on um, like 14... Was it 14? Nanometers is like the smallest, or like was it twelve for the um the transistors like for the processors for actual processors? I think it was twelve. Seven is much so it smaller. Almost halved. Wow, interesting. Hold on, I want to search for twelve nanometer Bitcoin chips and see that. Yeah. yeah, it says processor nanometer size is 14 actually right now. Yep. Is it 14 or 12? I see 12. I see 12 I see on an article from earlier this month. Maybe they're referencing something else that I don't understand. I just thought that 12 or 14 was the smallest construction size. That was like a physical limit because... Um, yeah, just earlier this month, they reported the Internet developed J- Japan's GMO develops 12 nan- nanometer mining chip, right? And then yeah. in this article, they're developing a 7 nanometer later in the same month. That's kind of crazy, right? That's, that's pretty crazy. Wow. Wait, which way is better? Up or down, right? I'm pretty sure the smaller the chip, down. 
gown is better because you can fit more transistors. You have a smaller yeah. um, form factor size. Yeah, you can stuff more. What the fuck? So in one month they went from twelve to seven. I don't know. There's probably something that we don't understand here. Yeah, we didn't read that right. There has to be something wrong there. Hold up. The 12 nanometer article, just for you guys listening and as intrigued as we are. Well, there are different like architectures. So maybe the like the way that they actually physically built like computer processors is completely different from these ASIC chips anyway. Maybe that's it. But I mean, this has to do with like the actual the actual scale of the transistor um, design. So like I thought it doesn't matter what the design is like overall, like with the transistors, like I thought the smallest transistor um, size that they could commercially produce is um, either 14 or 12. But yeah, I don't know. Well, we can look into it later. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they were talking about how um, it's going to make, it's going to, uh, depending on how much these, these uh, ASICs are going to cost. I mean, they're going to slaughter the current um, ant miners. Yeah. It's going to be gross. Well, audience, we have five articles left on the week. We have to take a short intermission, but we will be back.
And we're back. We're back from intermission. <laughs> intermission in a headline show. That's right. We wanted to keep you on your toes. I hope you enjoyed the soothing music from R. Kelly, Trapped in the Closet. Uh, we're... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't think I have the rights to play that. Uh, I'll find some music, and then I'll play that for you guys. Well, actually, wait. Let's start this over, bro, because that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's just keep it. Okay, just go with we're, just, it. we're just gonna roll with it. I hope you enjoyed whatever random music I found for the intermission. <laughs> um, and, let's get right. And in. now yeah. we're we're gonna dig right back into Wednesday's we're right back uh, into articles. And and sorry right. for this coming out so late as well. There's been travel and things. Okay, to the show. Right. Circle raises 110 million dollars. That is hard USD, not that Canadian bullshit, with plans <laughs> to launch USD-backed coin. So this will be like, I don't know, maybe like the 30th USD-backed cryptocurrency. This one's different because Circle has a bunch of like, I don't know how to put it, but they have old friends. You know what I'm saying? So um, let's just read a quote here. Existing fiat-backed approaches have lacked financial and operational transparency, have operated in unregulated jurisdictions with unknown banking and audit partners, and have been built as closed-loop ecosystems and closed proprietary technologies. Right. So basically what they're saying is all those other USD-backed cryptocurrencies are full of shit. <laughs> in a nutshell. So, Damn. Yeah, I mean, so there's other stuff that we can point out here. There's, there's, there's a partnership with Bitmain. And if you don't know who Bitmain is, that's ASIC Boost. That's Jihan Wu. Right? That's... I don't know. Is it How still Jihan? Did he not, like, pass on the torch? I don't know if he passed the torch or not, but why would he? If I were Jihan, I wouldn't pass the torch on that much awesome. So, here's another quote. This is something that we haven't heard. Before or something that we've heard before, it is difficult to use something like Bitcoin if the volatility is so high. Uh, Circle's founder and CEO Jeremy Allaire explains something like this makes it more possible. So, you know, Bitcoin's volatile, wouldn't you say so, Jesse? Of course, yeah, so, it's kind of hard to put your money in and kind of store something. Yeah. And then expect to pay with it the next day and have the okay. same value. And any given week in crypto, you can be you can have these two actions that'll happen. You say, like, hmm, uh, you know, I never wanted to go Lambo shopping before, but I'll take a look. And then mm, looks like I'm gonna have to get a second job. Because now my value is, <laughs> is a lot less. No, I'm kidding. It's not that serious, but there is volatility. Like in a year, Bitcoin, just Bitcoin, will go up or down um, by fifty percent. You know, that's kind of that, that that that's volatility. So you put in twenty dollars, you only have ten dollars the next day. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed off if like I sold a shirt. I mean, it just is what it is, right? You'd be pissed off if you had like, hey, here's some really nice shirts that I made. I'm going to sell them for $75 a pop. And then somebody gives you $75 of Bitcoin. And then the next week, you open up your Bitcoin address. And it's like, oh, 
Did I sell that shirt for $32? I could have swore I sold it for $75. <laughs> huh. So they're right. You know, there's got to be stability to a currency. So uh, Bitcoin is far from that. And having been a fan of it since 2012, I can tell you we're still very far from a stable Bitcoin, if ever. So um, what do you think? Do you think there can be ever be a stable coin right from the back? Like, do you think that we've learned enough in economics, macro, micro, whatever, to design a currency that is stable from its inception? No, I don't think. I, I mean, you're. That's the same. That's the same issue that we have um, with trying to use technology to solve social issues, right? So you're not going to solve um, economic issues with a technology solution. You might kind of dilute the problem itself, so it becomes two smaller problems. But then, even within those two smaller problems, you may have like a larger issue at the heart of those small issues. So I don't. I mean, it's like whack-a-mole, right? You you whack mm-hmm. one of the moles, like there's gonna be another one that pops up. So, I think I think money is becoming better. Like this is better money, um, as far as transmission, mm-hmm. um, and the, um, yeah, I guess from the from the aspect of its its um, fungibility, um, uh, but you know, I guess we can we're doing baby steps. So it's like two steps forward, one step back as far as volatility, and also you know transactions per second. So. That's a but great I think Craig we'll get David. there. Yeah, we'll get there. That's a great Craig David song, by the way, if you've never heard it. You know who Craig David is? No, no, I don't. Like, met the girl on Monday, took her for a drink on Tuesday. We were making love by Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. You don't know that song? Dude, what year was that? <laughs> Damn, how old am I? It's a great song. It's a story of a earnest stand-up guy. He meets a girl on Monday, takes her for a drink on Tuesday, probably iced tea. Wednesday, they're making love. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they made love, and then they chilled on Sunday. It's a very, very good story. <laughs> well, anyways, he had another song called I Take One Step Forward, We Take Two Steps Back, and then he was talking about that same girl probably. Because if you have a week-long tryst, I don't think you can have, like, maybe they've they had some stuff they should have sorted out in a more balanced, longer-term relationship. <laughs> taking one step forward and two steps back. Why? Why are you tying this to relationships? Because you said it feel. I feel like a crypto. We're taking one step forward and taking two steps back. And then it reminded me. I of said the two steps forward, one step back. Relationships are all the steps back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously. Uh, <laughs> relationships are just sidesteps. You just go left there and right. It's constant strafing, go. juking. Anyways, on to the next article. You're reading Wednesdays. So. All right. So the next art- article for Wednesday comes from Cointelegraph. And the headline of the article reads, Ripple launches initiative to support entrepreneurs' businesses using XRP tech. Written by Molly Jane Zuckerman, um, May 16th. Um, it has, wow, uh, has 14,713 total views and 363 shares. So the article is digging into um, a new initiative launched by Ripple called XSpring. Oh, no, it's just not, it's just not. There's no S. It's just X Spring. 
Yeah, it's Say called that spring, but it's S. pronounced spring. Oh, that's so. It's like dumb. the X is not shouldn't be. It's like the X shouldn't be there, and an S should be there, and an R. Spring, S P N R. Yeah. So it says uh, it goes on to say spring will provide investments and grants to entrepreneurs using the XRP token and the XRP ledger. Ripple announced on their blog, oh, Ripple announced on their blog yesterday, May 14. Um, it says, uh, a former director of the Facebook Developer Network, Ethan Beard, will serve as senior vice president to lead both Spring and Ripple's developer program. Beard said that XRP, with its speed, scalability, and demonstrated real-world use case, is a great tool for startups and entrepreneurs to build businesses around. Sure it is. Interesting. I What's, just, uh, it's what the, I think Ripple gets on my nerves. I'm so tired of having to talk about it. It's not even a thing. It's not a cryptocurrency. <laughs> Looks like they're just riding. It'd be. It's like if you snuck into a white party wearing all black, and everybody just let it happen. Have you ever been to a white party? Don't, don't get racial here. I saw your face. Yeah, I have. You've been to a white party? Like you wear all white clothes? Wait, what? No, I thought you. Are we talking about the color of skin? Or are we talking about no. clothing? I just asked. I said, don't get racial here. I said, don't get racial here. No, like a white party, you wear all white clothes and you go to the party. I can no. see why you look so confused now. When I said, why is he talking about white parties? <laughs> a white party is a party you go to. You wear all white clothes. You left that wide open for interpretation. I did, and I took I took the wrong one. In, in my mind, I was just like, everybody goes to white parties. <laughs> Who doesn't go to white parties? Everybody wears all white and goes to hang out because it's the perfect shade of clothing to wear when you're drinking profusely, because you're gonna just spill food and drinks all over your shit. But anyways. What? It's like you go to a white party in, in black clothes and nobody kicks you out. And that's what I feel like Ripple's doing. Like, okay, or a different example. They're going to a costume, <laughs> they're going to a costume party. Mentally, I can't make this non-racial related in my mind's eye. <laughs> I just keep thinking of a black guy walking to a party. <laughs> that's all so bad. <laughs> Why isn't anyone uh, kicking this man out? <laughs> Damn it, Johnson. <laughs> Anyways, look, different different analogy. Costume party. <laughs> it's a costume party, and you just show up in your everyday clothes, and people are like, Jesse, you, you wear polos to work. That's actually your work polo. Like, are you in costume as yourself? And you're like, no, man, <laughs> I, this, is my, this is me. I'm in costume. And you don't get as kicked myself? out of the party, or you don't get <laughs> alienated or something. Right? Yeah. No, I definitely understand. It's like it leaves a... You don't uh, understand because white mistake. people are out here throwing all white parties <laughs> and kicking black people out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Who wears like white party? I don't know. How many white parties have you been to? <laughs> not the not the color. I'm talking Just about one. the. Well, it is a color of clothing. It's one. <laughs> and they're all bootlegs from like P. Diddy has a huge white party in the Hamptons every year. It's a big deal. Oh, okay. I watch too much E. That's what you just uh, learned about me. I watched too much <laughs> E Entertainment News Network. Okay. So 
anyways, Ripple is doing the same thing they've been doing for six years, right? They've been saying like, hey, this is a great cryptocurrency. Psych, we're building this thing for enterprises and banks. That's not really a cryptocurrency, but it is good tech. And they're like riding in that wave. So, yeah, it's, nothing it's new really there. dumb. All right, next. Thursday's news. Thursday's news. One day we'll have the production value where we hit a button and like a chick sings. We'll get we there. can have that. I have a MIDI board. You do? Yeah. So we can have like a, and now it's time for Tuesday's news. And then like Solange Knowles says like Tuesday's news. Yeah, yeah. We can have like loops playing. I can do that. Nice. Just use an audio cable or something. First step. Get Solange Knowles to sing Tuesday's News. Who is that? Dude, now I know that you are <laughs> now I know why you are so intelligent and like skilled at all things. <laughs> because Solange Knowles is Beyonce's little sister. That's like common knowledge. That's very common knowledge. <laughs> How is Corey doing all these sorts of popular topics? Corey's just like you. I'm like, hey. <laughs> Corey, did you hear that thing about uh, Rihanna? And he's like, what's a Rihanna? Is that like some sort of reaction? <laughs> okay, see, I know who Rihanna is. Everybody. And I know who Rihanna Beyonce is. is. So. Anyways, let's her, her get little, to the news. Little... <laughs> <laughs> this is right. the news here for people like never listen to this show again. So uh, this comes from Bitcoin.com. It's a boy, Kai Sedgwick. Very awesome first name. Very kind of beige last name. Uh, 6,229 views, 11 comments. Article reads, Bitfinex starts sharing customer tax data with authorities. Whoa. Now I see why I threw this on the list. That's kind of jacked. Wait, I did the Wednesday and Thursday articles. (laughs) Huh? I did the Wednesday and Thursday articles. You did this one. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I threw it. It it caught my eye. It was like, what? What's going on here? My bad. I'm trying to take your clout. I'm not a clout. I just heard this the other day. A clout sucker. That doesn't and even I, make sense. No, it does make sense because it came from Lil Tay. And Lil Tay <laughs> said, I'm so sorry that that's the continuity thread of all of our shows. But this little girl is fascinating me. And there's a 45-second video, and she was talking with some rapper. And she was like, man, that guy's just sucking my clout. And I was like, that is a dangerous phrase for a nine-year-old to say. This girl's got to got to go. But anyways, uh, Bitfinex, an exchange famed for its opaque banking arrangements, has begun ordering its users to submit their tax details. The platform, which is registered in the British Virgin Islands, a known tax haven, will retain this information and may share it with the tax authorities in their customer's jurisdiction. The news has caused quite a stir. And then it says in bold letters, Bitfinex wants your tax details. Tells, tells, tells. In an email issued to a portion of its users, Bitfinex has outlined a new KYC policy. So I think it would behoove our our not customers, our listeners, to know what this email says, uh, because some of you mm-hmm. might use Bitfinex. So I'm just going to read this word for word. Stay with me now. I read pretty well and soothingly, so you'll be fine. Bitfinex, <laughs> dear customer. Under the laws of the British Virgin Islands, which are applicable to entities organized in the British Virgin Islands, including us, we are required to report certain account information to the BVI government. 
pretty sure that means British Virgin Islands. The government of the BVI may then exchange that information with the tax authorities of the customer's country of residence, consistent with the British Virgin Islands law, the U.S. Foreign Account Tax Compliance, and FACTA, FATCA, didn't know that was a thing, and the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development Common Reporting Standard, the CRS. You can read more about FATCA here and about CRS here. And then so here we go. Pursuant to BVI law, we are required to obtain self-certifications from our customers in order to ascertain each customer's tax residence. To that end, we're providing links to the following four self-certification forms. The forms. We request that you complete the appropriate self-certification form and upload it to your Bitfinex account. Upload by May 24th, 2018. So... That's soon. It's like next week. Uh, please complete the appropriate FACA form. So, basically, like, I guess they're going to dime you out to the cops. I don't know. What Do you read that differently? So, people are trying to plan a boycott. But, um... Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. I think they're really what trying to tighten... Say? Huh? What does it say right here? If you're a U.S. person... Uh, i.e. a U.S. resident, a U.S. citizen, or an entity organized in the United States, or an entity with at least one 25% plus owner who is a U.S. person, please complete the appropriate FATCA form. So mm -hmm. I wonder if you can just transfer ownership of a company to like one of your friends who isn't a U.S. citizen. You could probably do that. But who could move that fast? I couldn't like pivot that fast. I guess you could, Six days. right? You just get a lawyer, and you're just like, hey, lawyer, like, make that go away. And the lawyer's like, I'll do it. <laughs> or he's like, you better call Saul. It's a good show. Ah, pop culture reference you got. <laughs> I was searching for him to this show. So good. Uh, well, that's that. Um, Bitfinex is trying to dime you out to the feds. Um... Next article. You get the next one, Shock. All right. So, uh, actually, is it the last one? No, it's just the second to second last. Second last. Oh. All right. So, our second to last article is brought to you by Coin Telegraph. Uh, mm -hmm. Headline is Bitcoin mining to use 0.5% of the world's energy by end of 2018. Peer reviewed research shows. Uh, the article was written by Molly Jane Zuckerman, and it has 17,118 views and 395 shares. Nice. Uh, yeah, it, it, goes, it goes into the article and says, um, Economist Alex DeVry, who published an article on Bitcoin's, on quote, Bitcoin's growing energy problem uh, yesterday, May 16th, in scientific journal, journal Jewel, uh, told The Independent that Bitcoin mining will use 0.5% of the world's energy by 2018. DeVries concluded, or concludes that as the BTC network currently consumes about 2.55 gigawatts of electricity and moves toward consuming 7.67 gigawatts in the future, uh, the network has become or has a big problem and it is growing fast. However, he does note that solutions like the Lightning Network may alleviate the situation. Mm -hmm. It just talks more about how um, I'm okay Bitcoin with it. mining. Yeah, I mean we've been fucking up the planet for decades. 
What's the point of caring now? I'm trying to ride those waves, baby, when those glaciers melt and start breaking off. Is that yeah. insensitive I mean, of me? You're not really thinking about our future. Well, how, how long do you think you're going to live? That's the real question. YOLO, baby. you want to live long enough that you don't have to deal with the negative consequences of your decisions now. Um... I think I'm going to put in a solid 72. That's it? And then yeah. you're done? The very first time I shit on myself, like incontinence, I'm going <laughs> to ask somebody to pull the plug. I can't live in that life. I can't do that. Like, so, the very first time, like, I'm walking and I'm like, is that poop coming out of my jeans? And I didn't realize I pooped on myself. That's it. I'm going straight to the doctor. I'm going to say, like, hey, open all your best books on Kevorkian. Let's get this done. Who's the um? Who's the guy um, who is the Playboy Playboy magazine founder? What was his name? Oh, you're talking about Hugh, Hugh Hef? Yeah, Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Do you think he pooped his pants at 72? Or do you think it was a little bit <laughs> later? And cause, like, <laughs> he had so much arm candy at 90-something. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. That's, I like that that's the old person that you go to. Like, the old man that you go like. Well, because he has, like, girls who are, like, you know, in their early 20s, right? So, like, they must, like, I don't know like, if he double... has them. I think that... Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that that's not a fun experience for them. And it's a weird <laughs> experience for him. You know? If you're 85 years old, you got, like, three 20-year-old blonde bombshells around you. That can't be comfortable for anyone. No, no, but like, just imagine he was in his nineties, right? So, like, that's not even grandparents' age. Yeah. That's like great grandparents' age. That means you've seen the children of your children have children, and you're now screwing those children. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> hey, you're now screwing and people. And cleaning up your poop. That are the age of those. Um, we went way off the rails real hard. Um, okay, sorry. So let's. Oh, because you asked me the question again. about how old do I think I'm going to live, where I should give a damn about the things <laughs> I do to the planet. Um, here's the thing. I I want. I think humanity isn't like. I think humanity has a natural state, and our natural state is laziness. Oh, I thought you were going to say dead, like extinction. No, no, no. That's not our natural state. Nobody just thinks. Death. You've been reading Nietzsche lately, or something? No, 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 no. no. We we go like we go into survival so much that we kill our surrounding environment and we kill ourselves, and in the end, I don't see. I I think that our natural. I think survival is something that we have thrived off of, being able to overcome. I think that our natural state is laziness. Like we Mm. come up with these crazy inventions to be lazier for longer. Like the first caveman who was like, check this out, guys, wheels. Now, like, remember how it used to take us eight hours to move all those sticks for the fire? I did it in an hour. We have seven hours to do whatever we want now. Right? And so what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get at is I think that we don't move until we're forced to move. Like, we don't solve a problem until it becomes unbearably hard to solve. And it's infringing on our laziness. 
And I think it's going to be this way with proof-of-work mining. Like, it's just going to grow to be such a big problem that it's like, okay, either if, if this thing is running a monetary system that ruled people's lives count on, then we need to come up with a green solution. And, like, we need these miners running off of sun energy, baby, or, like, air or something. Like, some sort of green solution that scientists are cooking up. Wave energy. But we're not going to get there, and who cares? And I want us to, to run the wheels off of this thing because there's a lot of stuff that needs to go green, but it's just not because we're lazy. And it's like, yeah, it works. Hmm. I mean, I, I agree with you. So. I just want I, – I want – I don't give a shit about how much energy Bitcoin wastes because it's a necessary evil. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's a necessary evil. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, and you participate in the, that evil. So, like the Batman quote, you know, um, you either be die a hero, hero or live or long be enough you to have see to. yourself become the villain. I thought it was <laughs> be a hero or be Hugh Hefner and shit on yourself in front of a twenty-year-old. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're going towards. <laughs> Everyone's going towards. Shitting on yourself at a rapid rate. Um, That's probably why the Rick and Morty song was so popular, you know? Like the, getting Swifty? You know. Yeah, get Swifty. Yeah. Shit on the floor. Okay. Next article. <laughs> Next article. We actually had one. somebody write into us this past week said, like, hey, can you guys, like, tr- try... Try to stay on topic. Like, it's cool. <laughs> I get it. But, like, sometimes I just want to hear the news. And I'm like, this is the wrong show for you, man. This is just the headers. <laughs> this is <the> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. Let's... We got one more article. And then it's Friday, which is no confirmation news. We can neither conform, confer, yeah, confirm nor deny that the news took place. Um, the hell? Not what I want. Um. Wait, was that the last article? That might have been. I oh, think this, yeah. the third one for Thursday is a duplicate. Yep, that's the last article, guys. Psych. We played a... We fooled you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, um, I guess lastly, sorry for this coming out a little bit late. I was traveling. I'm on the East Coast of D.C. I'm actually going to visit Petty. We're we're actually gonna do a show together for the like I don't know fourth time in history of the network, um like physically together, um yeah I don't know you got anything you want to plug man? No, Before not really. Um, not yet, not yet, but hopefully soon. There's something um, that uh, D and I are cooking up, and maybe we'll have something released in the yeah coming months. We're stewing some shit. Corey's doing some shit. Like we build as we do this, as as these shows go on, and hopefully, like all the ideas we have, like one finally clicks and it just takes off. So uh, we'll let you guys know about those things. Um, other than that, um, oh, I do want to give you guys the audience a heads up on something that we are something that we are building with. So uh, these two MIT grads, um, actually, it's more than two MIT grads. I should have prepared this. Um, before I started talking to it, but is Sam? Just give me a second, audience. 
and I'll get you everything you need to know because these guys are amazing and their future is as bright as bright kids. Um, it is Sam and Jason and Dave, some kids from MIT. I shouldn't say kids. That's fucking derogatory. Some men from MIT, they're on summer vacay now, just completed a semester, but they are building an app um, that will allow you to listen to our show on your phone. Um, like most podcasting apps that you already have, but you can also tip us and you can also start comment threads on some of the things that we bring up in these shows. So it's a very good app. Um, air is going to be the name of it. And you guys that are listening and everyone in the Slack, um, you get an opportunity to beta test this app if you'd like. So there's going to be a lot more details coming with that, but it's pretty cool. Um, they contacted us and they kind of want us to uh, mainline this thing. Um, because it fits right into what we do. So basically, you can give us lightning tips while you're listening to the show, if you want to. Or if there's something that Jesse and I say, like, I don't know, Hugh Hefner, did he shit himself? You can start a whole comment thread about that. And you can go do your research, and you can say, like, the probability of Hugh Hefner having shit himself after um, all of the alcohol and, and Viagra is approximately 0.38. You know, you can do your own research. So is it going to be like uh, like the chat box of Twitch? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty for much. podcasts? But for podcasts. And so That's your podcasting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, we have more details about the beta test. We have it all. They have it all mapped out. Um, we will drop that in the general chat. And whoever wants to sign up and, and test this app. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll buy you a pizza or something. But if it's thousands of you guys, we're going to say just thank you a lot. Because we don't want to buy thousands of pizzas. So, <laughs> if it's like a hundred of you guys, we can swing that. If it's thousands of you guys, we're just going to say thank you in all caps on Twitter. So, um, anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, go see Deadpool 2. <laughs> it was a good movie. It was. According to what you said, I'm